Welcome to episode 254 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and we got our regular crew this week. Uh, ben Rethick, so great to have you back. Even that's under the weather, you're back. How you doing? I, I'm I'm doing good. I'm just a little bit in pain from the back, but right. otherwise good. Good. Well, I'm glad you're back. We, we missed you. And always great to have Jeff Gamut back on the show. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right, uh, especially since Ben is back. Ben, yeah, missed having you around. We did, we did. I mean, I was being around. Being sick yeah. sucked. Yeah, ha- having Guy and Kelly to uh, to play off of <laughs> that was, was great. But was the fun. point is, yeah, it took Guy and Kelly showing up to replace you. It did. It did. Hey, they didn't it, replace me. I was in the chat room. Yeah, he was chatting with us. That's oh, okay. That's true. You know what? And the guy's back in da- rare form because okay, we love you, guy. But he's out doing Dies Daily Drive again. I just okay. <laughs> you know what? You I rock it, guy. You rock it. We know we, we know you're back when you're doing Guys Daily Drive. But uh, hi, guy. We miss you. <laughs> but we got some good stuff to talk about this week because. Uh, Apple decided to drop iOS 16.5 like literally hours before we started recording this show. So, mm-hmm. so we'll have plenty to talk about in the, the few hours we're able to, to absorb some of the information here. But uh, we'll definitely uh, hit the, hit on that uh, topic uh, as well as a lot of no good news stories. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, some exploits involving that as well as uh, okay, just all kinds of other stuff. Well. Bold to stuff, get, definitely get to it. So, but uh, let's uh, go ahead and jump right into the news for this week. First story I got here is uh, Apple Park at WWDC 2023 viewing event is to include a special ring tour, evening activity, and extended developer sessions. Uh, the 2023 Apple Park event that select developers have been invited to to attend will include tours of the campus, special extra long developer sessions, and an evening activity, all of which are new compared to the events that was held last year. Uh, so developers will be treated to refreshments in the morning, followed by the, the actual live event, as well as uh, all the other fun stuff that they would normally do. And then they'll be able to select from an inside the ring tour of Apple Park, an inner meadow tour with a ring tour, uh, with developers, we'll visit uh, Cafe Max, hear about unique architecture design. It just goes on and on. This is uh, this is kind of cool for these developers. What did you think? But mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I like I like the uh, Apple's really opening up their doors to take a look to see yeah. uh, Apple Park. We because we're all we've been very intrigued about it. Yeah, I mean, this is great for the creme de la creme of developers who get invited to this. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not we're. I mean, it's pretty clear by this WWDC as we used to know it. Um, it's changed since the pandemic. Right. But, you know, this, I mean, this gets people excited and interested in actually applying to go there. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be kind of cool to do that. I, I would that'd be like a really cool thing to do. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Would you, would you do it if they invite you? Of course I would. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to pretend like, well, you know, I'd have to check my schedule. And, <laughs> yeah, there are a few probably do no, that. <laughs> and, no. I mean, if Apple said, hey, can you be here tomorrow? We're going to give you this really exclusive tour of all this stuff. Yeah. I'd be online right now buying a plane ticket. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, here, here's the thing about uh, about 
the stuff that they're doing on location. What I'm hoping is that this is symbolic of a more open and friendly relationship between the company and all developers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Apple has a uh, a mixed history with developers or with developer relationships. So that's putting it kindly, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So that this would this would be a really nice symbolic olive branch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh good luck to you developers. You're gonna enjoy that. And we're only what, uh two, three weeks away from this event. So it's uh, it's Holy getting crap. close. I know I can't believe already June coming very soon here. Mm-hmm. Um Next story, Apple overhauls support app with updated layout and easier access to local providers. Uh, Apple this week uh, dis- updated its dedicated support app to uh, that is designed to help Apple product owners get help with their iPhones, Macs, iPads, Apple Watches, and all of the other accessories. According to Apple, the updated version of the app has a new layout that will make it easier to view and manage calls, chats, and reservations, along with quicker access in uh, locations of nearby service providers. And I don't need to go even further. Like, but all I have to say is hallelujah, because the app was getting kind of tough. To I mean, I remember the old days when we we'd go to the to the local local store and you got to just basically create a reservation and go. And now they make it so much more challenging. Uh, this this is definitely a, a good thing to see, uh, don't you think, Ben? Oh yeah, especially if you're one of the many many millions of Americans who getting to an Apple store is a day trip. Yeah, that too. So you want to be assured that you're going to get in and be able to get taken care of. So, yeah. Uh, and, and if it's a local authorized provider who can do it faster, that's even better. Yeah, absolutely. And even they say, they even say the main support tab is going to continue to offer um, all the same functionalities it did before options to manage subscriptions, Apple care coverage, Search for the device for device advice. That, that that's a good tongue twister. Um, what do you think, Jeff? Anything Apple does that makes it easier to uh, to get support is good. I remember the not too distant past where just getting through the website or the app to even set up. An, a genius bar appointment mm-hmm. was uh, uh, like trying to untangle DNA. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was awful. And uh, yeah, so I am so happy to see improvements that are making this easier and, uh, and just don't stop now. Apple yes. Keep making it easier to get support. Please keep going. Uh, next story, Apple Music and Apple Maps are launching new concert features uh, this week. They did. Uh, Apple today announced that the, the new concert discovery features for Apple Music and Apple Maps that will be rolling out around the world. And it began this week. Uh, Apple Music is getting a, a new set lists page with spotlights, a select selection of major tours, letting fans listen to set lists and read about their productions and then apple maps is gaining 40 new guides curated by apple music editors that highlight the best venues to experience live music around the world with initial featured cities including my hometown chicago detroit los angeles Nash- nashville new york city san francisco berlin london paris vienna uh, uh, patrice will be happy about that 
Toyota, uh, Toyota, <laughs> to- Tokyo, <laughs> Tokyo. I mean, well, I, was, I guess that is a car that's in Tokyo, uh, Tokyo, Mel- Melbourne, and Sydney, and, and Mexico City. And so this is. I, I started looking at this. I don't know if you guys did. You, did you, Jeff, at all look at this? I, I, I think it's kind of cool. It actually shows set lists and what the actual concert uh, is playing uh, during that during that concert. This is very cool. I'm very yeah. excited to see it, and it's way overdue. Um, th- this is one of those times where it's okay to say Apple's late to the game, yeah. um, but we've got it now. So, so great. Yep. Now comes the, the next part where I complain uh, on a regular basis about how this isn't available in the Denver Boulder area. Yeah. Denver was a big city. What the heck? I didn't even think of that. But Nashville has it. Well, because Nashville has it because it's a music city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what, why isn't Kansas City on this list? And I'm not making a joke. No. Kansas City, Missouri is is a really big city with a really active arts and music scene. Yeah. Not including Kansas City uh, right off the bat to me seems really weird. Yeah. It's strange. And but then, I mean, that's, that's Google Maps and Nutshell. Uh, if you're one of one of 40 people in the world, you get really cool features. If you're not, you don't exist, Apple. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. If you don't live in the Bay Area, then <laughs> yeah. uh, then Apple has two demographics: our customers in the Bay Area and other. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So what, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I want to. I, I like set lists. If there's. Always times I go to concerts, I was I want to go back later and look at what the, to remember the set list of the concert I actually went to. Yeah. Uh, so now we can do it uh, without even going. So I, I guess what I need to do now is uh, wait until I get off the plane at O'Hare for Max Stock. Yes. And then start looking at the music app and see if I see stuff that I don't see here. Yep. I bet you will. There's a lot of great venues here. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Uh. Next story, this uh, just broke uh, today as we record this uh, iPhone driver's license feature in the wallet app is now in a new state, Georgia. Georgia has become the fourth U.S. state to allow residents to add their driver's license or state ID to the wallet app on the iPhone and the Apple Watch, providing a convenient and contactless way of displaying proof of identity or age. As uh, we know, back in March, we noted that they had really been saying it's been really slow to roll out, but I think this isn't anything to do with Apple. This has more to do with a lot of the uh, really bad management of our states and the beautiful United States Mm -hmm. taking care of this. So all you have is now this is the fourth state that's added to the collection is Arizona, Maryland, and then, of course, your home state of Colorado, Jeff. Um, So I guess you have you have a a firsthand knowledge of it because I assume you've uh, you've uh, added it right and you tried it out. Of course, I added it right away. I haven't been able to try it out because, uh, um, okay, here's the problem with the digital ID thing right now, and uh, and it's it's a problem of of local acceptance. So in Colorado, I can use my digital ID at TSA checkpoints, Mm -hmm. um, uh, which is great. If I get stopped by Colorado State Patrol, I can sh- I can use my digital ID with them, and I think there's five cities in the state that support this, mm-hmm. and uh, and the lack of support for the rest of the state is because none of these jurisdictions have the equipment they need to be able to do the scan. 
um, uh, from you know, you send the data from your iPhone to their device, they just don't have it. Um, so it's cool to look at my digital ID in my in my iPhone every now and then, mm-hmm. but I just not using it yet. What's your thoughts, Ben? Well, this is very good for the people of Georgia. <laughs> yeah. But but on the other hand, uh, Iowa was one of the first states in the nation to announce digital IDs even mm-hmm. before Apple said something. Yeah, real uh, IDs. It, it, yeah, and now it's been so long, I literally reported on it while Geek Beat. I've been gone for eight years. Holy crap. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So they said they were going to be one of the first w- to get on with Apple. Des Moines, get it together. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Get it going. Illinois, Springfield. Come on. Get it going. So they'll see how it goes. Probably be another four years before uh, another state joins. So, <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, next story here, OpenAI launches its official chat GPT app for the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, this was announced today. Today is we record this as well. Uh, OpenAI today announced the launch of an official chat GPT app for the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, OpenAI's chat GPT has been accessible on the web and it's been made available through iOS through multiple third party apps, many of which are a little a little better than a scam scam app, uh, but it, this is the legitimate real deal version that will give you a safe way to use Chat GPT on the go. It's uh, as we know, it's an AI based chatbot that uses uh, generative artificial intelligence to answer questions and provide advice on all matters of subjects. Um, uh, we've talked about this many times, so uh, they do. It is free to use, but it does cost nineteen ninety nine a month if you want to use the Chat GPT Plus service. Uh, I'm not sure what that gives you, um, Jeff, uh, Jeff. I know you're uh, you're uh, not you're you're wishy washy of knowing. Do you, do you like ChatGPT? Do you not? You know, we've had these debates before, but I mean, at least now we have an official app. We can play with it and and and, and not be happy with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so it's actually a really smart move for OpenAI to do this because they want people to be really invested on a personal level in ChatGPT and just in their their LLM products in general. So put this on, on a device where you have an easy access point to potentially high adoption. Put it on the iPhone. Well done. Um, I still have a lot of issues with uh, with the way they are doing this and not just open AI, but all the companies that are very openly and publicly getting into this space. Um, that's, a, that's a whole nother show, uh, but this is a smart business move. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, the, pretty much what Jeff said, this really keeps uh, open AI's name out there. Where I mean, where when it's been largely overshadowed by its derivatives, by its main benefit, <laughs> I can't talk, benefactor Microsoft and others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. 
So check it out. I mean, it's free, free to try if you, if you so dare, <laughs> but it, uh, it, it's, it's harmless. I I've used it for some things. In fact, I'll admit, I, I like to, it's always hard to truncate uh, the, 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 uh, information we want to share out with uh, every show with, with, uh, posting to Twitter. So it helps me, uh, get it down to that, uh, 280 character limit that, that they have. So I've done stuff like that, but I'm writing it. It's just, it, it, it helps to give you a little bit of assistance to trimming it. So it's not, not so bad. Uh, what is so bad is our friends who have Android devices, uh, t- texting between an iPhone and an Android users currently is broken due to this very bizarre bug. Uh, this was reported actually today as we record this. It's a bizarre bug that's emerged that it's affecting text messages between iPhone and Android users. Corner of a number of reports on Reddit uh, text sent uh, from an Android user to an iPhone uh, user has erroneously added an extra digit to the phone number. The, the problem primarily appears to affect Android users with an AT&T phone. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, said so, so the problem... Uh, it's just uh, it's just adding a plus sign at the beginning of the phone number, uh, and that's kind of strange. Like they're showing like they've got plus seven, then the area code, and then the phone number. Um, and the messages app, the incoming message from the Android users, then split off into its own messaging thread. <laughs> when, the five, <laughs> when the iPhone uses the tried the user tries to respond within that thread, the message fails to send. And they, they can respond as normal in the original thread, but when the person responds, then the new message is put back into that same thread with the incorrect international phone number. So they've been going on and on about this, and just the reason not to have Android <laughs> and 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 AT and T for that matter, right? But right, Jeff, go ahead. Um, well, I, I enjoy the the easy joke about this is a reason not to have an Android phone. The bigger problem here is. What is AT&T doing to screw this up? Because this sounds like an AT&T problem, not an Android or iOS problem. So what what are they doing? Yeah, good question. I I just find that this to be bizarre. Yeah, someone is not having a good day. Yeah. So... Be aware of that if you uh, have your, your, your green bubble friends that, that you're texting from your iPhones here. Uh, so next story, our favorite weather app has done some really awesome updates uh, this week. Again, I got all this fresh information just as we record this uh, the, this week. Uh, Carrot Weather has received a, a notable update today with a number of improvements and in changes uh, arriving with the new releases, uh, a option to use new data sources including open weather and regional services a redesigned time machine improved rain alerts participate up uh, uh, precipitation or st- starting and stopping improved location details a smart new layout and more um and it goes through a lot of it. the new data sources are actually pulling from open weather which as far as well as uh, four new regional weather providers in germany france norway and japan that of course we have to have premium which we, which we do of course um, mm-hmm. improve rain alerts. Uh, it's got that improve location details and, uh, many, many more, but, uh, no, I, I saw it interestingly enough when I went in there, if you notice it, that you don't even see any mention of dark sky anymore. Right. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense that Apple would eventually, uh, remove references to dark sky because that's not their branding. No. Um, 
so I mean, overall, this is this is cool stuff. Here's the funny thing. Yesterday, when this rolled out, yesterday as we record, yeah. Um, I hadn't bothered to check for updates, so I didn't get that get this update till today. Right. I wouldn't have seen the the visual changes because I'm using my my own layout, but I had uh like two or three people <clears throat> uh that I know complained to me yesterday. You know, wh- what did what did Carrot do? They screwed up the the interface. It's not the same now. So they did these new updates yeah. and uh and people that are just doing the updates without like reading all the notes. Like what the hell? This isn't what what they do. <laughs> use Care Weather, right, Ben? Right, Ben? Um, I don't. I actually use oh. Apple Weather. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. Oh well, may- maybe Apple Weather is actually uh, useful where you are. No. no. <laughs> oh well, okay. you can do Care Weather free. I think you could still use Apple Weather as its data source. Yeah. So but. yeah. <clears throat> Premium is well worth it. I think it's got some great, great things, and it's super accurate. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm using premium and uh, finding the right weather source for your area is important. Yeah, absolutely. A um, couple more stories here. Uh, this was kind of surprising. Apple did this. This is this is an abs- the actual um, uh, news room article from um, uh, news release from Apple and themselves apple introduces new features for cognitive accessibility along with live speech personal voice and point and speak in in magnifier and the new software features will be coming up of course later this year because this is pre wwdc normally we wouldn't find out about this until the actual event um so they actually officially uh, preview the software that features all those features i just mentioned with some innovative tools for individuals who are are non-speaking or or are at risk of losing their ability to speak. Updates draw on advances in hardware and software, including uh, on-device machine learning to ensure user privacy and expand on Apple's long-standing commitment to, to make products for everyone. And, you know, Apple's going through a lot of their press stuff and talking about all the, this stuff. Um, they have assisted accessibility support for cognitive disabilities. You know, Brittany, Brittany be loving this. I'm sure she's loving this now that, that, that they're adding this. Uh, uh, as uh, well as uh, uh, assistive access will include a customized experience for a phone and FaceTime, which has been combined into single calls app, as well as messages, cameras, photos, and music. This is just fan- fabulous. And there's a, all kinds of other stuff here. You can check uh, the, the news release from um, fr- from Apple to take a look at all this stuff. Uh, anything notable to you, Ben, would you think of this? Um, yeah, this actually... Uh, being a part of the guitar YouTube community, this actually hits kind of hard. Um, there was the, a very well-known guitar YouTuber named Mike Milton. Mm-hmm. He ran the uh, China Guitar Skeptic channel. Mm. Um, about a year or two ago, he was diagnosed with cancer and lost the ability to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, toward the just before the the cancer took him, um, there was a voice recreation he was able to do that kind of allowed him to get his last few videos out. Mm. But I mean, for anyone who has has lost that ability to speak, being able to use your old words again, that 
that just this is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm. I know Apple was always is very been very supportive of this disabled community and uh, helping people with all kinds of issues, including vision, which we didn't talk about, and speech and hearing and um, so for visibility and yeah and blindness and so I think they're they're very good at uh, accessibility. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, Apple is a uh, a leader in. Uh, in accessibility for uh, these types of consumer devices. That said, there's a lot more they can do. What's great is that because Apple is doing what they do, it pushes other companies to uh, to step it up and try and match uh, what Apple's doing. Um, so keep it up, Apple. The timing on this um, does not surprise me at all because uh, this week was global accessibility awareness day and i believe this dropped right before uh like like a day or so before uh global accessibility awareness day so so the timing fits beautifully with that and for everyone that's thinking wow apple must have a lot planned for their keynote this totally plays into that. And yeah, I think there's reason why we're seeing this announcement now talking about features available later this year mm-hmm. without mentioning the operating system. Yeah, th- this is stuff in, in the new version of iOS coming this fall. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. I would definitely be covering that uh, next few months and uh, can't wait to find out about iOS 17 and all kinds of new stuff coming very soon here. We'll have a uh, WWDC good coverage here to find out more about it. So speaking of, um, of, of finding more about it, I don't, I don't know if maybe we really want to find out more about this, but mm-hmm. for those of you who have lots of money just to just throw away, um, the latest Hermes uh, AirPods Pro 2 case costs more than an iPad Pro. Hermes revealed a, an expensive leather AirPods Pro 2 case and a separate lanyard that brings extreme luxury to your earbuds. Air, the AirPods Pro two or not are aren't too typically extremely compared to the original, but I I just thought this more of a humor article here than anything else. But um, but they do make specific accessories to account for their new features, and of course, Hermes had to get into this to, for their luxurious products. Or mm-hmm. their first product is a calfskin leather case for an AirPods Pro two. It's completely encompassing the AirPods magnetic charging case, leaving a cutout for the Lightning port. Even though this product is specifically made for the AirPods Pro 2, doesn't have cutouts for the speaker holes in the case. However, the leather is likely thin enough to allow plenty of sound to pass through it. Um, Just get a hole punch. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, why not? No, you want do, you want to put a hole punch in a case that's costing you nine hundred and thirty dollars, but it does come in standard hand leather colors of blue, green, pink, as well. Yeah. And then if you really prefer to have a nice take advantage of that that lanyard that you have to have on it to wield it to really protect it from you losing it, mm-hmm. you could spend another $335 for a lanyard made by Hermes. I know both of you are going to be running out and buying this case right away, right? I've already bought three. <laughs> Two of them just so I could throw them away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, it's you, ba- you Go ahead. You know, Renee Ritchie already has one. He probably does. <laughs> <laughs> one of each color. I wonder. Yeah, if, he, I wonder he, if Barry Falk does though, because he he does have a Hermes uh, Apple Watch band. So, 
Well, Barry needs this so that he has an AirPods case that matches his watch band. Exactly. Exactly. We're teasing you, Barry. Um, so Only a little. It's, uh, yeah, just a little. Yeah. So I thought people would get some amusement out of that because I don't think anybody's going to be buying it. Unless you're, you're very wealthy, you have had it. Um, and then the last story is I thought this was a good discussion here. Um, Macworld just posted this uh, interesting article. We now know what Apple fixed in its first iOS and Mac OS um, rapid security response. Um, it, they patched emergency WebKit zero-day flaws that have been known to be, uh, been exploited. They, they released this on May, on May 2nd. Apple issued the first re- rapid security response under iOS 16.4, iPad, and Mac OS as well. And apparently, Apple was in such a rush to issue the update, hence rapid, uh, they didn't want to wait for 16.5 or 13.4, which just landed today. Uh, um, how are the security notes for this uh, under iOS 16.5 and, I, and, and iPad OS 16.5 and Mac OS and Tur- Ventura uh, include the details of the fix? So it was a WebKit issue um, uh, impacting processing web content, um, made disclose sensitive information. Mm-hmm. Uh, disc- uh, an out-of-bounds read was addressed and improved with an input validation. So you can get kind of technical here for those of you who are not, not too techie about this. Um, so this was a pretty serious uh, fix that they released. Um, so if you haven't run this, I, I would hope you already did by now. Um, but 16.5 mm-hmm. is going to completely fix it. Uh, be aware. Uh, so this is interesting. A- a- Apple hasn't done that before. So apparently they now are, are finally taking these these exploits that that these these security gurus that are out there finding these things uh, serious because they 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 wouldn't take care of serious them serious for a while, long time right Ben oh yeah nice cat <laughs> yeah what, what yeah think? he he likes being a pain in the butt any thoughts on that Jeff um y- yes I know total surprise um. It's possible that Apple was okay with this rolling out as part of the uh, software updates that were coming or have happened, depending on how you're looking at it. And it could be that they thought this is a perfect opportunity to get a a real-world general test of the rapid uh, response updates. Because up until this happened, we had only had uh, uh, updates like this happening as part of the beta test program. Mm-hmm. So that this was the first general rollout. Um, that said, I mean, th- these were active exploits, right? Yep. Yeah. So getting updates out right away was really smart. So it was. I, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit of, yeah, we should just get this out. And a little bit of this is a great opportunity to test this because we know we aren't that far away from 16.5 dropping and uh, and we have the fix in there, too. Yep. Yeah. And this is exactly what the rapid security response was meant for. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, it's bravo to Apple finally doing the, taking it the right uh, direction here, getting these uh, security patches fixed sooner than mm-hmm. later. Plenty of times this is one situation where I'm not going to praise them and turn around and complain. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. 
Um, so that was the news for this week. Uh, I will throw out that PSA. We have this in the topics as well as that, uh, just to make sure that you are updating to iOS 16.5, uh, just to, to make sure that all those active exploited, uh, vulnerabilities are patched. Not, not only just the, the reason why it's a brand new release. Um, uh, there was an article here actually talking about there was 39 security flaws and three actively were exploited. So there's, there's more than just those three. Um, we got an article from nine five Mac that goes through a lot of little, a lot of uh, what was there, but, uh, definitely make sure you're updating to 16.5 as, as we said earlier in the show that, uh, this, this dropped, um, today as we are recording this. So, uh, uh, so it was, uh, definitely interesting uh, to see that they, that they dropped it, uh, so late in the week they usually drop it like mondays or tuesdays so um some of the things that are now added in, in 16.5 uh we had been talking about but now you're officially going to be able to see them uh, a sports tab is in apple news they have a dedicated sports tab in apple news i'm kind of excited about that because being yeah. a sports fan i know ben you probably are too uh that mm-hmm. they have quick access to stories scores standings and other information in apple news um so you can now select your favorite teams and leagues and get personalized news which is, is awesome uh, we did talk about last week that they were going to release be releasing the Pride uh, co- uh, Collection wallpaper to go along with the watch band that's being released uh, uh, on the 23rd next week, along with Final Cut uh, Pro for the iPad as well as Logic Pro. Uh, and they got an accompanying watch face as well as they have a um, lock screen uh, that looks really cool uh, that, that has a collection there as well. Um, there was some bug fixes. Uh, there was a big problem with CarPlay where uh, podcasts were, were not may not, were not weren't loading the content. Um, mm-hmm. Fixed an issue where Spotlight may have been unresponsive, uh, and then of course the security flaws, which we just talked about, um, uh, were were a big thing uh, as well. So, uh, uh, as well as uh, and I don't I think iOS iPad OS. Uh, 15, uh, 16.5. And I would, Jeff, like I said, we were just scrambling to get all this installed to even look at it. Um, I don't, don't think there was much else different than iPad versus iPhone. Uh, same similar exploits and, and updates mm-hmm. or in <coughs> iPad as well. Um, uh, which is a good thing. Um, so, uh, also let's talk about watch OS. Watch OS 9.5 was released. I just updated my watch uh, a little while ago. Uh, and uh, not much to see if there's anything as far as nine, 9.5 is. I think we're going to be more excited about watchOS 10 because there's been some mm-hmm. major rumors about some a major overhaul of the OS. So, uh, again, they got the Pride Band matching face that's going to be included, and there were some unspecified bug fixes on the Apple Watch. Uh, and um, the... Uh, the HomePod got its updates. I didn't check out those yet. I got to go, th- go through those. I'm sure you probably didn't have a chance to do that either, Jeff. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, so I'll th- start it right now, and we'll see if it actually works. Y- usually, yeah. this uh, screws up, and I have to mess around with it to get it to actually install on all my HomePods. Yeah, so just got to go into uh, to, into the Home app and uh, go in. You could force update it. Uh, Again, there hasn't been really uh, much as far as any not- not- notable changes other than stability and performance improvements, like they always say, and, and they, they always are not true. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the, uh, then then uh, tvOS uh, got its update as well, and I, I was beta testing that on, on one of my uh, extra uh, uh, Apple TVs. 
which they did include that multi-view sports uh, sports feature will allow you allow Apple TV users to stream up to four sports games simultaneously. Uh, and it works with MLB Friday Night Baseball and MLS season pass matches right now. Uh, matches um, and the grid view can be enabled uh, by selecting the grid icon in the timeline bar during those uh, events. So, um, so they got to expand on this sports thing. I mean, not everybody's going to want to watch just Friday night baseball and MLS because uh, mm-hmm. the games aren't every day, and you know, we want to expand it to other uh, other sporting events too. So they need to expand it outside uh, of sporting events and outside well. of sporting events. Yes, you want to be able to watch yeah. other other things. Yeah, more importantly, they need to expand it outside of their app. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, good point. They should. If they got it in here in the app, why not outside of it? Yeah, I mean, the, this in MLB.tv or ESPN Plus would be just a killer feature. Yeah. It, it basically turns your house into an instant sports bar. Exactly. So, Ben, once they get all of the baseball stuff set up, it'll be great for you because you can watch four black squares at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Look, I, <laughs> I remembered a sports thing from you, Ben, and I made a sports joke. Yes, me and my six blackouts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Mark the I date see. on the calendar, everyone. I made a sports joke. I, I still don't understand why Ben has to experience that. It's just so stupid. That's that is a, absolutely stupid. I, yeah, a, I, yeah, I have I have literally never met a Kansas City Royals fan, but I can't but I can't watch their games. Crazy. Um. So the the so we got to, so we've got that on TVOS, and then uh, I was going to mention Mac OS uh, Ventura that I just updated my Mac uh, on that as well. That had some bug fixes, which also includes uh, the same similar stuff that they did in iOS. Um, one of the big things I'm happy they're finally going to address is the problems with the auto unlock with the Apple Watch, because that thing would never work for oh my me. my God, yes, Just please. Ticking me off here. Um, Bluetooth keyboards, screen time, and voiceover. The update also added the sports feed, what we talked about on the sidebar of the Apple News app. And also, in, it also in, introduces a simplified beta installation method that was first introduced in iOS 4.16.4. So now the, the, this update, the developers and public beta testers that can, enrolled in their programs can now toggle between beta updates from the system settings and without the need to install profile, which is pretty cool because that was always a pain. Mm-hmm. And Apple ID associated with that public beta or, or account or developer account, of course, is going to be required before you can even turn it on. But now you don't have to install a configuration profile anymore. So, um, but it's good to see some more updates on the Mac side of things as well. Um, and uh, and and that's about all you can probably expect for this week for all these updates. And we'll, just, we'll be now waiting until June fifth when the big big announcements happen at WWDC in a couple weeks. So. Um, next, uh, topic I wanted to talk about is, uh, Apple did, uh, did have another news release here talking about the app store and stopping more than $2 billion of fraudulent transactions in 2022. Um, you know, the app store launched in 20, 2008. God, I can't believe it. It's how long ago it's been since, since that launched. Um, and it was, the mission of, uh, was like they say is it was in, uh, accomplishing two objectives, establish a reliable and secure platform for users to safely discover and download apps 
and provide developers with an exciting opportunity to showcase their ideas and grow their business. Um, so, you know, Apple's done a very good job of, of, of protecting developers and it's protecting their users as well. Because we always continue to talk about, I don't know, you bring up Android, but the Google Play Store is, is just not a secure place to be buying apps. It's just, it, it, it isn't. Um, so uh, they they show some statistics here, Apple, uh, with the account frauds uh, that Apple has uh, rooted out. 428,000 developer accounts and 282 million customer accounts that were uh, there were for fraud and abuse last year. That's that's a lot of accounts if you think about it's it. It's a lot of accounts. There's really a lot of accounts. Um, so the app review process is 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 they've had they had nearly 1.7 million apps submissions rejected. Boy, that's impressive. I mean, to have how much work that is and how much well, staff. And yeah, go ahead, Jeff. What do you think on that? It's impressive, and at the same time. Um, how many of those apps should not have been rejected? But there's so many stories out there yeah, that you can see like practically daily where developers are complaining that they submitted an update or a new app and, uh, and it was rejected for what feels like very arbitrary reasons. Yeah. Still, that said, if you're going to reject as many apps as Apple has, you need to have a pretty impressive system in place to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guy is in the chat room at uh, uh, youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. And he's, he's, uh, says he's downloading updates that we just talked about and he will disappear soon. So good to see you guys. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to see when, uh, when, when I just drop from the show because my Mac is updating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm you kidding, know, but I know you I had know. a split second where you're like, did nah, he really? No, I know you didn't. Oh, I, oh if you, Jeff, if you had a Windows machine, you would definitely disappear from the show. <laughs> That's right. right. Without me having to do anything, it would just happen. Yeah. 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 It would uh, be done and gone uh, by that time. So, uh, but, but I mean, I think they've, they've, they've done a, a really good job of protecting things. Other stats that are interesting here to me is, uh, they had over 1 billion ratings reviewed and processed, but they also had more than 147 million of them that were, were, uh, re, were blocked and removed because, wow. you know, because of uh, stupidity on a lot of people's parts of having to say something that wasn't true. Um, credit card fraud was another thing that they, they spouted about. And then it was only near, it was 3.9 million stolen credit cards were being blocked from uh, being used. 714,000 of those accounts banned from transacting ever transacting ever again, but more than $2 billion in potential fraud uh, transactions were prevented. So again, this is a price race. So, you know, you're probably, you know, they're, they're tooting their own horns. And I think, I think this is something that is just to be appreciated to the, I feel very safe, you know, in the, the iPhone world, iPad world of app, app store. Um, and, 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 Bravo to you, Apple, for, for protecting us and having a, a good ecosystem. What do you think, Ben? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, once you get as big as the App Store is, you're going to have problems with fraud. Right. Uh, and, I mean, there are, it still is a problem. I think there are too many copycat ads or apps still on the on in the store mm-hmm. that Apple should maybe think about something, you know, 
to do about, but it's pretty impressive. They have done what they can. Yeah. Or absolutely. done what they have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good stuff, Apple. Thanks. Keep, keep, keep keeping us safe. We appreciate it. And, uh, we, we, we also appreciate the fact that we get to enjoy all the great apps that are out there, uh, in the, in the, in the ecosystem. So, um, I thought this week we'd do a little bit of this week in streaming, or I said in touch with streaming. <laughs> so we, we, we've got, we got a couple, I got a couple stories here. I wanted to touch upon as far as the, what's uh, the streaming world has been kind of active. Uh, the first one is uh, Showtime and Paramount Plus is finally going to merge into one service on June 27th of this year. Um, they've been working towards a single app experience for quite some time, but I think the wait is almost over. And uh, we'll know that the both services will go live. I mean, I'm actually a Paramount Plus subscriber, but I also added Showtime. And they were kind of treating mm-hmm. it as a, okay, you have Showtime, but you also have Paramount Plus. <laughs> but now they're mm-hmm. going to brand it that it's both. Uh I think uh, people, uh, cable companies like Comcast are are starting to get a little worried because I could tell I'll I'll, get, I'll I'll tell a story I told Jeff and a bit here about that but yeah I think uh, these services are starting to uh, take away a lot more and more cable subscribers by day I think cord cutting is happening at a, a much faster pace doesn't necessarily mean you're going to save money by cord cutting but you're also going no. to get you're going not because that's not that, that's kind of a uh, a fad now it was that was that was the case many years ago but it really isn't anymore it's uh you know you, you're still paying a lot of money for all these different services but i really like the fact that i'm paying direct to hbo i paid i paid it for a full year and i only had to pay i think it was like 13 dollars a month as opposed to 16 dollars a month to the cable company um, and, um, the same thing with Paramount plus and Showtime, uh, you know, com- combination as well as, uh, uh, Disney plus, which I got a big bill for Disney plus. My, I think it, it went way up. I think it was, uh, I get the, I have the ad free, so it's, uh, $119 for the year, but yeah, divide that mm-hmm. up 12 months. It's a pretty decent. So, but this is, I think you're seeing the trends with this. What I was going to bring up was with Comcast is, you, you know, I'm just getting so sick and tired of paying my the exorbitant bills every time the contract comes up because they you know they cover you for a year or two years. Uh, long story short, I had a family member, uh, part of our family, we were paying almost two hundred seventy five dollars a month for the, their triple play service, which is no longer in existence. Oh. I talked it down to one hundred and sixty eight dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, so, that's pretty impressive. So it's. Uh, it, it, it can be done and you, you have to be insanely persistent. I probably spent over probably over two days, but I was using Twitter as my, as my tool to, to, to communicate with, with, with Comcast to, to, to get them to finally do something about it, especially family where with, with internet speeds, you don't necessarily have to be worried about as far as the part of that package, you know, they're getting the 200 megabit speeds. That's most what all most people need. Us, we like to have high speeds. I'm at my gigabit Ethernet and others, but you don't really need that in most cases uh, for for people. They, they they all are all panicked now these days because they think, oh my god, I gotta have one gigabit. I'm gonna have, I'm I'm on my, my work calls all day long, and it does matter. So, but on this on the side of the TV part of it, I think Com, uh, Comcast is starting to spin away from. Um, or from TV, they're realizing now that it's just not a profit center that it used to be. So good to see yeah. that it's good to see the Paramount Plus and Showtime is is combining. 
Of course, we love mm-hmm. Paramount Plus because of Star Trek. That's our uh, that's our uh, mm-hmm. primary reason. But they've got a lot of other great shows on there. You know, I like Fire Halo. Con- Halo. I like Fire Country is a, is a, is a show. It's on CBS that you can watch mm-hmm. on the free network. But it's nice to be able to watch it and uh, not have to watch commercials uh, when you pay for the ad free version. Um, I can't wait till Sylvester Stallone's Tulsa King comes back. That's a great show. I was I, I, I want to watch that. And there's lots of other great stuff on there too. So. They're, they're, they're definitely uh, um, a good service uh, to have here. Um, so as a, and then speaking of rebranding is, is I think it's the same day as we have for Final Cut Pro on the iPad is it's HBO's Max service is not going to be just rebranded Max, which I still think is freaking crazy. That, uh, uh, oh my God. I, ju- <laughs> I know. So. Well, the, just, the, oh the story here is that, that actually they're going to offer the same day new episodes in just four minutes of ads per hour. I didn't even know they were going to show ads. They certainly better not be show me ads if I'm paying for the, the ad-free version of that service. Mm-hmm. I will start um, flipping tables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it will launch on the 23rd. Uh, it'll auto-update on all the – it says on most devices. So, of course, who knows if the, the app gets pushed right away. Um, but they go through their, their plans if you have um, – um, so they are changing their one of their plans. They have an ultimate ad-free plan for two hundred dollars a year for four concurrent mm. for four concurrent streams in four K. Uh, I don't wonder where my plan fits in, or do I get Wait, grandfathered in here? So say that number again because I have to believe I misheard you. No, it says max max ultimate ad-free nineteen ninety nine or nine one ninety nine ninety nine a year for four concurrent streams four K ultra okay, HD I resolution. Mis- I did mishear you. Okay, and a hundred. Offline downloads still be utmost sound quality. Okay, so they have three. Okay. They still have three uh, three ad free tiers. Um, so the ad the ad light plan uh, will be uh, nine ninety nine a month or nine ninety ninety nine 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 ninety nine ninety nine a year, two streams at once, um, and then the ad the max ad free, you'll get fifteen ninety nine a month. Um, one forty nine ninety nine a year, and that's two streams at once, but thirty offline downloads. Uh, so you don't get in, that that low plan. You don't even get offline downloads. But I hope they leave my my plan alone because I get you know all my family's on it, and you can only watch two streams at once. Really? <laughs> so they really are mm-hmm. going to start. Sounds like just like Netflix cracking down on password sharing. Uh, HBO Max is changing mm-hmm. as well. But of course, it's only four minutes of ads per hour. Okay, right. only four minutes. Only minute. I mean, yeah, you think about it. That's not Flip too freaking tables. Yeah. If I start seeing ads, it's not too <laughs> terribly bad. Um, other interesting thing is, you know, this this new AT the new ATSC three point technology for um, um, a broadcast uh, over over air. Uh, is, is the, the new digital uh, services that's going to be over uh, over uh, over an antenna? Uh, TV stations are going are, are not going to be able to watch free local TV a- anymore without an upgrade um, to their uh, to their service. So uh, Comcast has added content protection to encrypt some of its NBC Universal owned stations, uh, and uh, it's covering. Uh, uh, so far, in the article, they talked about Boston as Comcast NBC 10 in, in, in Boston was spotted as it being that way this year. So basically what's going to end up happening is they're going to encrypt, encrypt it. So you can't watch the, the free local TV without upgrading of your, your actual box or being able to, to get it or, or, or are they going to continue to st- uh, st- uh, broadcast under the ATSC 1.0? So, 
again, here's another another reason why Comcast is trying to to to, to start getting out of the business and uh, to do this kind of stuff with encryption, as well as I think there, I think one cable company already is I heard uh, I think Wow is the cable company uh, is getting out of the cable TV business completely and just going partnering with YouTube TV with streaming. So, most wow. of them have. But I will say one thing about the ATSC 3.0. Yeah. Um, right now, there are so few right. stations that support this, and even fewer TVs and external tuners. That too. I mean, right now, ATSC 3.0 is a publicly available beta test. It really does not affect that many people right now. Yep. Now, I haven't been following this very closely because uh, I typically don't watch any local content Mm -hmm. and I'm not even paying for a cable TV package. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So what happens if I plug uh, an aerial antenna into my television to pick up an over the air signal? Do I have to have a special uh, converter box to be able to view the over the air signal going direct into my television? Currently, no. Not right. Right. Yeah, that's ATSC 1.0. That's 1.0, right. Okay, so this is only the signal as it's coming through uh, a cable service. No, this is over the air. This is over the air. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a very much enhanced over the air signal. Right. Which, in theory, can give you a lot lot of the same features that cable currently does. Uh, but I would say we're probably five or six years from it having any kind of adoption. Yeah. And so that's if I, even if. So if I want to, let's say five years down the road, uh, hook up uh, an aerial antenna to my television so I can watch a local news broadcast, then uh, I won't be able to view that broadcast because it will be encrypted and I need a special uh uh, box to plug between the antenna and my television to watch an over-the-air signal. Yeah, it'll be a lot like it was in the original digital tuner days. That's a load of crap. Yeah, no, that I agree. sucks. That's stupid. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, what what like happens said- to people who who don't subscribe to any uh, cable service? And uh, and watch television for their local news and for emergency alerts. Yeah, that's a whole other topic with that as as well as, uh, you know, okay, you know what I see happening right here? It's soapbox time. Not only is this a load of crap, but this is creating a new digital divide where you have an elite status that has access to information and uh and the people that they don't want to have access to information are now being cut out artificially. This is crap. I do not like this at all. I mean, it's it's just like you know, yeah, those services that tried to put over the air local stations on the internet, like Locast, which went mm-hmm. away, and a lot of the others in the past. And you know, there's other services that are attempting this, but they have they have to pay all these rebroadcasting fees to these these uh, networks, so they can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 horrible. I mean. Trying to, to 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 cut cords. I want to I wanted to go to YouTube TV, but there's channels on there that I, I like that are not on there that I like on on, on traditional cable. So it's just it's mm-hmm. it's a bad thing. So um, 
uh, there's a great there's a great guy on YouTube. I don't know if you've, you've seen him before. His name is Antenna Man. He's uh, he's a really mm-hmm. he talks about this a lot of this ATSC stuff and pretty pretty intensely. Yeah. He's very a geeky antenna guy. And and uh, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes to check that out because he'll he'll get even more in depth of this stuff. And and he's just as up in arms about this as as we are here. So yeah. Uh, All right. I, so I, I just found Antenna Man on YouTube, and when I start watching his stuff. I'm probably going to be walking around my apartment flipping tables. <laughs> but but I will say this, given the way streaming is going, there's a not insignificant chance that ATSC 3.0 never really gets off the ground. Well, if this is a thing that's, that's being industry pushed and not uh, government mandated, then, um, Getting uh, getting widespread adoption, I think ultimately would be a problem. Yeah, I mean, right right now we're at the point where most TVs do not chip with it, and the converter boxes are two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, that, screw that. It's 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 really expensive right now. It's still it's still in its infancy. So we, I think we got mm-hmm. a ways to go yet before we can get in yeah too yeah. too overly over up in arms on this. So. Um, too late. I'm already yeah. really pissed right. off. Let me pull you away from this topic. Uh, Peacock is actually going to be officially streaming an exclusive NFL game this year, which I think is crazy. You're not going to be able to watch it on any other network other than Peacock. Uh, add that to the bonus of, you know, if you are if you were a Comcast subscriber and had uh, Comcast uh, cable TV, but they were giving you Peacock for free as included as your, as your subscription. Uh-uh. End of, Jan- end of June, you're now going to have to pay for Peacock. Uh, Peacock for, for at least five bucks a month if you want to continue that's on to, to watch that. So that, that that's the kind of stuff that's happening. All right, I'm still on my soapbox. How long before these uh, these sports uh, uh, conglomerates uh, corporations start doing deals where you have to subscribe to like three, five, whatever different streaming right. services? to see the games because they have exclusive deals with all of these, uh, these partners and uh, that, yeah, I totally see that coming. I don't even watch sports and I'm pissed off. (laughs) You'll get, you'll get even more pissed off when you hear this. I'm sitting down. I'm ready. Okay. Right now, the NFL has games that, are going to be only on that Prime. the playoff game only on Peacock. There's Amazon Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the ESPN broadcasts, uh, which they occasionally give you ESPN Plus, uh, but most of the time it's cable only. Right. Uh, then you then you have the CBS AFC broadcasts, which are broadcast on uh, the Paramount Plus app. Right. And then Fox has no streaming contracts or services whatsoever. Right. So you have to have, uh, so do you have to have to get all the games? You have to both have uh, both cable and streaming. So the scenario that I said, and this is coming, it's already here. And what the hell? How are people okay with this? Yeah, this, uh, we're this not. Is- no. But the thing is, uh, they, these companies have more money than we do. 
Yeah. They shouldn't. And you know what? As long as I'm on my soapbox, <laughs> what's up with us having to pay for a stadium for these teams? Yeah. And then and then you have to pay ticket prices to go in and use the stadium that you just paid for. And the team gets a tax cut. So now you have to supplement the tax base by paying their taxes for them. What the hell, people? Yeah. 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 It's bad. All right. Let's get away from this topic. <laughs> Oh, uh, I've got yeah, one. See, yeah, see if you can come up with something that pulls me off my soapbox. Right. Oh, Halide. You know Halide? They 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 make that great mm-hmm. uh, uh, camera software for for the iPad on the iPhone. Uh, they created a new. They 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 launched um, a new service called Skylight for iPhone to predict spectacular sunsets. If you ever wanted to wish that you could uh, 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 find the lighting conditions to expect at the end of a day, this new app is going to. Uh, it's from the makers of Halide and Spectra. It's here to do that. So it's a sky. It's skylight for the iPhone and offers forecasts for golden hour sunsets and afterglow with a thought of a beautiful eye and with with a thoughtful and beautiful UI. So you you actually can go to the app. It'll actually tell you when the sunsets are and you can go to where, where when when they happen and uh, it does a lot of things like it does take an account like uh, dozens of atmospheric factors. Uh, for your location paired with some proprietary smarts to deliver a daily forecast of the golden hour. So you can go enjoy that sunset. Um, it's a, it's a pretty cool app and um, you know, it's, it's free to try, uh, but it is priced at one ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine a year. And it's a limited uh, launch price right now. So it's uh, that's a limited pricing. Um, but uh, I thought it was a cool app and I, I checked it out. I didn't go see the sunset yet, but I thought it was kind of a neat, neat idea uh, to, to do that. What do you guys think? I think sports teams are totally screwing us over. Yeah. What a load of wait! Suns- I'm sorry. We moved on. Sunsets. Well, <laughs> think of the, beautiful. This is, this is cool. It's. I mean, I I really like this idea. I think for a lot of people, this yeah. will be a really useful app, and yeah. uh, and it will help them get better photos, yeah. and they will be happy, and that's awesome. Absolutely. So. Check that and out. How, Halide is a really great app. They, they, um, yeah. they make some good stuff. I, I use I use my iPhone 12 Pro, and uh, and I'm paying for Halide. And when I do my really close up shots, like of little flowers and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm using the Halide app for that because it handles the macro ish photos better than the iPhone 12 Pro can do on its own. Absolutely, great app. All right. Before we wrap things up, I wanted to get uh, out, uh, mention a few things here. First off, I wanted to give a shout out to, I think he goes by Scallion. He bought me a coffee this last week, and I really appreciate it. He cool. he made a comment that says he loves the podcast. Well, I, I love that you love that this podcast because we enjoy doing it. So thanks, thanks Scallion for for that uh, buying me that cup of coffee. We appreciate it. And the way you do that is go to intouchwithios.com slash buy me uh, slash coffee, and you can. Uh, you can do that. Thanks again. And also I want to make sure we mention, we'll keep mentioning it every week until it, until it happens. Max stock, max stock seven is here. The tickets are now available. We have the link in the show notes. Uh, I'm speaking as well as Jeff Gamut. So is Brittany Smith. So is Chuck Joyner. So is Allison Sheridan. And so, is so many others. you got to come check us out. Uh, the, uh, it was officially announced that the venue has changed. So we're going to a much, much cozier, 
more intimate uh, place. Uh, I was at this uh, at this place. Uh, it's in downtown Woodstock, right in the heart of the Woodstock Square, which is kind of cool. So it's going to be in a neat little place. Um, we 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 held it there in 2021, right post pandemic. Well, that, uh, well, it was a little freer, but we were still really locked down, so that's why it was there. Was we were wearing masks, but mm-hmm. um, but it's a really cool, small, a cozy venue. It's got a nice stage. Going to be able to. Uh, have a lot, a lot, a lot of great fun times there. So, so, so definitely come check us out. Um, the event is on July 22nd and 23rd, and we got links to the show notes as far as how to get to it, which is max.conference.expo.com. Or you can, uh, uh, you, you also, uh, you also can uh, take a look at the speakers links and it gives you all the list of all the speakers that would be happening there as well. Um, so uh, come check us out. And if you also choose, there's also a link there for the Mid- Midwest Mac Barbecue that Barry Falk is holding on uh, the day before, the, the two days before the event on Thursday, July 20th. If you go out there and tell them you heard us on In Touch with iOS, you can uh, hit, uh, RSVP. And if you mention us, he'll, he'll let you in. And you'll be able to hang out with us and have some barbecue and, and probably some wine tasting too. So nice. go and check that out. So... And with that, let's go ahead and wrap up for this week. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Mastodon at InTouchWithIOS. Uh, you can support the show by buying me a coffee like Scallion did at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you... Uh, like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash iOS, where you can watch the current uh, live show like we're doing right now. Thanks, Guy, for being in the chat room. Or you can also watch the, the past live streams and see what of our some many antics there. I, we, I leave that up there live so everybody can just watch that, that, all that content and have fun. But we also have the recorded uh, shows on there as well, so you can go to YouTube and listen to that if you'd like. Visit uh, In Touch With iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to, uh, to our show on, in your favorite podcatcher, including app, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com. I put some nice, new, clean links and buttons in all the places you can listen to us there, so go right to our website to check that out. And that's all the ways you uh, you can listen to us are, are there right on the site. And I am Dave Ginsburg. You can find me on Mastodon at eight at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud or also on Twitter at DaveG65. Ben Rathick, glad you made it back. We had a lot of fun here. How, how can people get a hold of you? Yes, we did. Well, well, Dave, I almost called to Jeff. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at Ben Rathick on your social media of choice. Uh, you can also find me at my website, Rathick.tech. Uh, you can find me here, of course, Thursday nights, Tuesday uh, with Mac Vo- on Mac Voices with Chuck Joyner, Thursday mornings uh, with uh, the British Tech Big Show with Jeff Gamet, and Friday mornings the British Tech Mac Show with Jeff Gamet, and most times also this Dave Ginberg guy that uh, you yeah. might know. Him. Yeah, thanks for He's being a guy. Here. Thanks for being here, Ben. Mm-hmm. Jeff Gamet, as always, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Where can people find you? 
Um, well, when I'm not muting my microphone so I can argue with my cat about <laughs> being a place she's not supposed to be. Um, how about Mastodon and Instagram? Jay Gammon on both. And uh, then, like both of you, Chuck Joyner keeps letting me back on uh, Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. Dave, you keep letting me back on uh, In Touch With iOS here on Thursdays. So thank you for that. Um, it's always great to get to hang out with you and Ben. And then, um, um, and then, let's see, Thursday early in the day, as Ben mentioned, the big show on British Tech Network. And then on Fridays with both of you on the Mac show on the British Tech Network. And then Brian Chaffin and I record The Context Machine. And I believe tomorrow is Friday. It is. Which means that uh, we'll be recording another show. My guess is that we will find something to rant about because we often do. do. More accurately, I will find something to trigger Brian and make him rant. (laughs) All right. Thanks again for being here. Definitely appreciate it. One programming note next week, we're going to record the show a day later because we want to have Patrice Brennanmore come back on the show. It's been too long since she's been on, and scheduling can be tough because she doesn't get up late at night for us because it's really early in the morning for her. So. So we're going to have a show on Friday and probably around around one thirty Central Time uh, uh, you know, streaming. And uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll talk again soon.